Thanks for tuning in to Spraymakers, a podcast that dives deep into the world of slalom with Rossi and Trent. The offside turn can be a nemesis to so many people in the course. Let's listen to what the boys have to say about dialing in that side. You know, your meat and potatoes is actually your offside turn, which which frustrates the heck out of out of uh, people that struggle with that side of the course. But but why don't we start with the turn itself, and then we can decide about you know approach angle and stuff like that. What 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 are you telling yourself to to give your you know to set up a a seamless and a, and a, and a, and a, and, a, and, a, and a, a quick smooth offside turn. Uh, offside turn. Well, we're going to go back to that. We're going to go back to that uh, thing that we've we've hit on uh, in previous episodes, and that being there are some core fundamentals that we have to follow regardless of which foot forward you are or which is your onside <laughs> or offside pull, right? So yeah, you know, I'm I'm just going to make sure. That so going into my offside, I have my onside cut. You know that's the one where I can take. It's just a it's a more balanced, easier way to generate speed into your stack position. You know, you, you just all of it flows better. So coming into my center line uh, on my onside pull, I want to make sure that I am starting to come up out of that pull that I've maximized my speed and angle into the center line. So right behind the boat, I got to make yes. sure that I'm starting my transition. I mean, we'll agree that regardless of how we're talking, moving forward in this podcast, our target goal is to reach our max acceleration behind the boat and to be shifting from uh, cutting edge to turning edge right there. I mean, we don't want to be going longer yes. than that. So anyway, so that that's the number one most important thing for me to set up my offside turn is to make sure that I have my speed generated by centerline. And that I that I do feel like I'm coming up. Then yep. for me, I, I believe for me, it's it's much more natural for me to move forward into my offside turn. I just like the way my stance is, um, as long as I edge change right there behind the boat, I release the ski, the ski comes up, it lands, then it comes down and lands on its turning edge. And I'm I've yep. got my I've got my handle tight. I'm holding on to all of that power that I created. And then what all I'm trying mm-hmm. to do is I'm using, I just roll onto my front foot. I can feel my front foot. That's the wider part of the ski. So it's more balanced. It keeps the ski on a more level, flat riding surface. And all I'm trying to do is just ride at that point And slowly, I'm just starting to stand up over that front foot. And yep. that front foot is over that wide, the widest part of the ski. So for me, I think that's the reason why I just love coming into my my offside turn. I've got lots of speed generated, so I know that I've got space. I'm, I'm going to generate space coming into that offside turn. Now I've edge change. I've, I'm, I'm holding on to that, so I'm connected to the boat, and I'm swinging up or arcing up on the boat towards my apex. And I'm and I'm as yep. I'm doing that, I'm standing up over that front foot and and able to really start to come up and stand tall. And so I think, I mean, for me, that's the kind of, that's the kind of feeling that just promotes me to know exactly where I am. My ski's on a really solid line. And all I'm trying to do is just go with where the ski wants to go and arc, arc outward towards the buoy. And uh, I think that's, I I don't know, that's, that's part of it. I mean, obviously that's setting it up, but that, that transition and pre-turn going into offside and being able to stand up over my front foot. And I'll just do one quick, one quick sidebar that has always come in my mind being a snow skier. Yes. When you want to take, let's say your one, three, five turn, um, that turn on a snow ski is going to be dominated by your outside ski 
if you're if you're snow skiing, you have you know your feet are side by side. So if you're going to make a turn on your uh, on the one three five side of the course, if yep. you were on the snow, then you're going to be using your right leg, your down, what we would call the in snow skiing the downhill leg. So that's where you're going to be arcing and powering from. So if you if you just take that same concept and then okay and then you flip to the other side two four six that side of the course in water skiing, if you were snow skiing, that's going to be dominated by your left leg. So for me, the way I look at it, when I'm coming into one, three, five, as I'm standing up now, what I'm doing is I'm actually standing up on my, in snow skiing on my downhill, my downhill ski. And that allows me to Mm -hmm. be where I need to be to generate the power and stack coming off the, you know, the second half of the turn and into my, into my stack position and into my offside cut. So I think that's a really important concept that I've always kind of rolled with and it helps me to understand where I should be standing and what, what foot's going to power. Yeah. Through. I like that. So, so are you saying then as a righty that, that, I mean, you're obviously <clears throat> powering on your right foot through that offside turn through ball one, mm-hmm. but then are you saying that, that you're, you're powering through your left foot, back foot through onside two, four? Yes. Cool. And, and j- just clarification, um, powering at the start of the turn on your left foot at ball two or at the exit or both? Uh, I would say that I am standing tall through my back foot. So I, I would say cool. that it has, it has power uh, more of the time than you would, than you would, uh, than, yes. than if you were only focusing on your front foot. So I'm standing yes. and, and you can stand, you can stand over your front foot by standing through your rear foot. Does that make sense? Like the way yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think that, yeah. And that's the thing to, to clarify, like, like, <clears throat> um, yes, powering through that back foot, but your weight is still, you know, is still moving forward towards the tip of the ski. Yeah, it's got my, my yeah, exactly. That's a great way of thinking about it. That's yeah. a great way of thinking about it because it is a little bit awkward on that onside turn. So ball one as a, as a lefty trying to power that turn with your front foot for sure. That, so, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. Yeah. So, and going back to the snow ski, uh, you know, relevance, uh, if you were to then say, and this is where this is where I actually see most people, I believe, uh, dominate their water skiing through their back foot, and mm-hmm. so they're always standing on their back foot, and they wonder why their onside feels so great and their offside feels so off. That's why it's called off. It doesn't feel good. If you, <laughs> and the way the way that I would rationalize this is that if I were to go and snow ski. And I, you can, you know, and you're using your, your downhill ski to power your turns to, to curve yeah. and that, that feels great. Now, have you ever played around with trying to make a turn on your inside ski instead of no. your downhill ski? Much harder, much finic, much more finicky and it requires an insane more balance and you'll never feel power. So for people yeah. that I watch struggling on that offside, I almost always look back at them and I see the, the rear foot is weighted and the front foot is not. And so yeah. you're trying to make a turn in snow skiing. You'd be trying to make a right hand turn off your left ski. There's no way to have balance that way. That's, that's your inside, that's your inside ski, not your downhill one. So anyway, I, I just always looked at it that way so that you're, you're trying to balance yourself. you got to make sure you're on your, you know, in snow skiing, you're on your downhill foot. Yeah. 
Okay. So let's go. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I haven't thought of my on side quite in those terms, but, but like just sitting here thinking about what I'm feeling as I move, you know, obviously my weight's moving forward, you know, as far as I, as my speed will allow into my onside turn, but I can absolutely feel connection, support power through my, through my back foot. 100%. 100%. And that goes back to, you know, our discussion a couple of weeks ago about ski setup. And, and, and you had made the point of, of, of thinking in terms of setting up your offside turn through your front boot, setting up your onside turn through your rear boot. So that's, that's in keeping. That's kind of interesting. So <clears throat> let's go nuts and bolts a little bit then. And, and we'll start with offside just um, because that's typical, typically the culprit. So if you, you said, you know, too often I'll see someone trying to turn their onside from their back foot so what's the biggest you know there's a few causes i'm sure but what's the biggest cause of of someone who continually cannot get their weight moving forward into their offside turn well i I mean i think i think the the lack of developing that technique then leaves you feeling very vulnerable going into your offside turn and when you feel vulnerable you're going to do things to make yourself feel less vulnerable, I guess, you know, like, and, and that to yeah. me, that's going to be, you know, what do you do? What do you do when you feel unstable? You're going to try to crouch, you know, you're going to try to get a lower center, center of gravity or center of mat, you know, you're gonna try to lower yes. that stuff. So you can't, so you don't fall. I mean, if you're out of balance yeah. and this is going back to that snow ski thing, you go and try to make a turn off your inside ski more often than not, I will almost bet you're going to fall because it's hard to find that balance point. So the same thing starts to happen when you're coming into your offside turn. If you're not, uh, I, I don't want to use the word stacked because we're, we t- typically use stacked for our cuts, but you need to be centered over your ski in a balanced way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so from a from a physics standpoint, coming into the turn, do you ever fall? How many times have you fallen going into a turn before the buoy? It's almost... Oh zero yeah. right yeah for i sure. mean the physics have your body going inside the arc you're you know you're i've read snow ski books yep. about this a lot and stuff so the physics have you're going inside the arc. so you can pretty much do anything you want going into the buoy and you won't be punished but as you yeah. uh, at the apex to finish of the turn forces increase and your body must be in line because your body weight is trying to take you down course and off the arc that you're trying to create. And that's why you and I and, and the rest of us are trying to make sure that our body is moving to the forward and to the inside of our turn. We're leading our ski through the turn so that we we pressure our edge the right way, right? So, yep. so now let's back up. So now we're, 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 we're shy going into our offside. So we're going to squat. It's the moment you squat, yep. everything, all of your mass is moving backwards on the ski. So you're, yes. you're relieving that pressure. Another reason why you would want to squat is because you're afraid of going what, 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 when you don't have that, that technique established. When you move forward, you tend to move with only the upper body. And anytime you're only mm-hmm. your upper body moves, not in line with your hips, like if you're just your upper body moves forward, your lower body is actually moving back. And we have 100% you're, you're counterbalancing, right? It, it's, it's an athletic exactly. move, even if it's the incorrect one. And so you're heavier on your lower body than you are your upper body typically. So when your upper body moves forward, your lower body moves back, you're actually moving your center of mass back 
as long. And that's why, that's why we talk so much about keeping your shoulders and hips in a line or just yes. like when you stand up, when you stand up tall right over without being on a water ski and you're on land, you know, your hips are aligned underneath your shoulders. And, and thus, when we water ski, we want the same, we want the same thing. Yes. And, yes. and so again, so, so the, the typical move is to, is to, most people typically pull a little long into their offside because they're trying to create more space and they're, they're, they're shy. Yes. So we are automatically yes. build too much load that load. Also, anytime you feel excess load, what's the weakest link that we have, it's going to be our lower back. Our lower back is always a, a super weak, weak link. And so, you know, if you have, if you have lower back uh, soreness all the time, that's going to tell you that you're not skiing in line. You're not, you're not, you're, you're doing things where you're not in line. So we come through the wakes, we get this excess, uh, load. We, if, if you give with your back, even a little bit, that's allowing your hips to fall back. Your body's falling yeah. forward. It gives you the false sense that you're actually forward on your ski when you're not, you know, <laughs> you're 100%, you're 100% right. And that trickle down is like, and that's, that's the culprit I see, you know, there's, there's, there's maybe some underlying factors, but like, but here's the trickle down I see. And it's, it's in keeping exactly with what you're saying pull too long. So there's going to be a couple of different reasons why, but we're just going to say for whatever reason, you know, we, we can go back to that later. Maybe that's a whole nother show. Pull too long. Now what happens is <clears throat> because you're still on your attack edge or on your cutting edge past the center line, you're, you're literally trying to go away from the boat. So what's going to happen? The handle's going to start to separate. As the handle starts to separate, all that load that was being channeled through your hip, core, spine, and shoulder now is 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 it now it's migrating up in into your upper body the handle separates now you have load on your shoulders instead of connected to your hips so now now we're going to talk about that about that that counterbalance move the upper the boat's tipping your upper body in so you're going to sit your lower body away because that's again albeit the wrong move it's it's an athletic move it's a, it, it's a it's a natural response to the fact that that your upper body's tipping inside your lower body's going to counter away so now <clears throat> Now you're coming in, upper body to the inside, lower body sitting back to counterbalance. That's going to swing your feet out in front of you. So now there's just every single reason why you have zero chance of getting on your front foot early and powering into that turn. Your platform or your ski, your base is ahead of you. So the taller you get, the more your weight's going to go onto your heels. Um, So you're just going to be running this straight straight line at the buoy wondering why you can't get on your front foot so i mean i think you know you can you can fix your off side turn way back at the wakes you know one make sure that you're doing enough into the first wake that you're going to be able to switch your edges you know by the second wake at the latest two no matter where that edge change has to happen do not let the handle separate because as as soon as the handle starts to come away you are going to sit onto your back foot it just is what it is um early edge change stay connected strong to the handle and let the boat pull you up over top of your front feet or over top of your front foot a lot of this a lot of this just kind of takes care of itself Mm -hmm. so do you have do you have anything that you would suggest so how do you do you have tricks as a as a coach do you have a trick to to get people to end up in that place where they're over their front foot like i obviously you just said it you got to get you got to get your edge change at center is there any 
is there any trick to this or is this just a natural move that you need to be able to feel and trust? Is it something that you need to maybe do at your easy passes to give yourself more uh, ability to fail and still attempt to do it? Like what, the, what is the, the, the edge change feel? itself or, or what do you, do you mean? Like, well, just the end result. I want, I want my student yeah. to end up more on their front foot early in the preterm. So they got it. So, we obviously, we got to edge change at center line. But is there a feeling? Is there a torque? Is there a little tip that you tell people? Like, what is it that you know? Like, I'll, I'll you, you know, you go. Yeah, you know, I'll just I'll just give you a quick one, and then I, I, I want to hear your nuts and bolts of it. But for me, and it's and it's it it's both frustrating and and kind of a relief. This all too often is fixed way back at the way at the, at the initial, I'm not going to say gates because it's not gates. It's bigger than that. It's, it's, it's established by the initial rhythm you set on the first pull out to the left. Mm. Um, so I'm going to go at this and this applies to a righty or a lefty. It doesn't make any difference. I'm going to go, you know, from a lefty standpoint, <clears throat> but the same will, the same will be, you know, it'll hold true on the other side. Here's what I see is most people pull out on their gates. They glide static, far longer than their speed will allow them without them losing that upward space. So you pull up to whatever point you are on the boat and they stand there so long waiting for the course to come to them that the boat now, it, you know, they've slowed down to the point where the boat is going faster than them and they still haven't started moving. So now <clears throat> they're going to be under load before they've swung through and got this, this, this nice aligned position with the rope one two that space that they had created on the pullout that would have given them enough, enough speed by the first wake that also disappeared through the glide itself. So the, the trickle down often starts right, right there. They're getting towed into the turn as a lefty. You can hide it slash fake it, if you will, because you can slide that tail around and you can get seemingly an, an amazing turn, but you're getting <clears throat> load in, in a, in a, in a, in a position that you can't manage. So now you're going to pull long into your offside and, and then exactly what, what I just talked about is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that's when I have, when I have my guys rate, it doesn't matter what level they're at. The, the first thing we're going to do is make sure that you are creating every opportunity for you to edge change at, at the center of the wakes. Yep. A lot of it just feeds itself from there. What, what, uh, what, what's your thoughts on, on, on that or, or on, on, on your original question? I just think that it goes right along with what you just said. And, and the bottom line is whatever you've generated to center line is, is, is enough. And anything past that center line is going to negatively affect you more than just trusting that center line was the key. And what I'm getting at here is, and I, and I am, I'm still able to get away with moving forward through this move, but I do this move and I, I despise it. And that is yeah. as I, as I come into the first wake, I start using my, let's say I'm going through the gates, right? Going into one, which is for me as a righty, I'm going into my offside. Mm -hmm. I will take my right arm as I come yeah. in the first wake and I'll take my right arm, my core muscles, and I will drive my feet from one side of me and I will drive them like I'm trying to cast the ski out wide. Like I will push yeah. my feet all the way through and shove them towards the shore. If you made the, you know, make a line between the gates and then towards the shore, like I'm going to come through, let's just say I was able to come through at 90 degrees right there, which you're not, but let's just say that. Then, then my yeah. 
my old school mind wants to go from there, use my right arm, and then take my feet and shove them towards the shore way up course of buoy one. And that shove instantaneously. So, so from a, and, and I'll shove it and it feels great because for a split second, I feel like I'm going to be on the earliest line that anyone could ever yeah. ski. And man, I'm going to set up the sickest turn that's ever been right. Like this is going to happen, man. I'm going to make up time. I'm going to make, I'm going to make myself earlier to this offside turn that I am a little bit gun shy on, but yeah. what ends up happening is exactly what you described earlier which is then the result is you can't actually ski on that line because the handle itself is attached to the boat at a fixed line length. And so the handle mm -hmm. itself is arcing up and more towards a trajectory that is headed towards the buoy, not, you know, a hundred feet early of the buoy, or let's, yes. let's maybe not get that crazy, but like 70 feet early of the buoy, like you can't ski on a line that the handle will not allow you to ski. on. And I yeah. think that's like a huge, uh, disconnect that people have is that they think huge man and across yeah huge and across and across like like varying skill sets you know i mean amazing some of the very best skiers on the planet in the history of the sport will 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 they they, they don't they they don't trust that that fact and that and i'm not going to say that theory or that idea it's it's a fact it's a fact what you know the the line you have set when you cross the center line that's your line Yep. That's your angle. There, there's nothing else you can do about it. So like you're crazy if you don't ride that line, ride that direction as far as that rope will allow it. Like doing stuff after the second wake is well, it's it's going to be in vain and, and it's going to, and you know, and I'm saying the best skiers on the planet, they, they've developed these incredibly athletic compensatory moves, um, you know, sucking their knees up and, and, and rotating their upper body out, stuff that re requires, you know, a high level of athleticism and, a, and, a, and a, a high level of strength. I'm always looking for the, you know, the path of least resistance because that's going to be your easiest way to improve and that's going to be what's going to be the most consistent and that's going to be the easiest way to teach someone who isn't the best athlete on the planet like a lot of these skiers are. Uh, well, exactly. I mean, basing, basing your basing your style off of people who are incredibly talented and are able to get away with, uh, get away with technique weaknesses. I'm not going to call them flaws, but weaknesses because their strengths are so strong mm -hmm. is a very dangerous place to be. And yeah. I, so, uh, I can tell you, I, my, one of my best friends, Jamie Beauchene and I, you know, we, I, I, when I was first coming into the, the tour, uh, tour thing and tour. He, he was a friend of mine. We grew up skiing together as kids. Yeah. And so when I, when I came on tour, he, he, uh, he and I obviously instantly rekindled and, and, uh, started a life, uh, rekindled our lifelong, uh, friendship. And we came up with lots of, lots of ideas and things that we, that we, that we really, uh, explored and went down. One of the overall things that he kept coming back to. And, and so we kept coming back to was he'd say, go, Go attach the rope to a to a fixed to a fixed post. Put a buoy out at the, exactly the width that it's supposed to be at, and then he said, "You know, uh, then then you can put your your shortening ropes on and keep shortening it, keep shortening it, keep shortening it, and figure out the arc that you're going to need to take mm -hmm. into that buoy." And and one of the things is completely counterintuitive is that as the line gets shorter. You have to be willing to take a narrower 
line oh. into the buoy. I love that you say that. <clears throat> and and it's and it's huge, man. It's huge. It's huge. It's everything. Your mind is going to tell you exactly the opposite. So let me let me <laughs> yeah. let me let's walk through Trent for you at forty one. How much harder are you going through the gate than you did at your thirty two pass? No. Yes. Exactly. Like, like oh. so. I mean, so when I'm when I'm off, the answer is you know. <laughs> and harder, you know, but I'm glad you asked me that because, you know, we, we're solemn skiers are, you know, kind of these weird cerebral sickos. I, I have these, I have this thing like, you know, last season when I get to 41, one, take a deep breath. Okay. Easy Two, do not try to get wide. That's, that's, you know, when I went into, into a string of running it last year, that's, that's what I told myself every time. Do not try to get wide. Um, just, just be satisfied with what I would call an inside line, yep. you know? Uh, and, 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 and that's not, I don't coach that because that can be so easily misconstrued, you know, but, but for me, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I have a, you know, a, a, a developed sense of, of my relationship with the boat. I'm, that's, that's my key. Don't go harder. Do not try to get wide. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's counter that, that would have been so counterintuitive to me five years ago, even I would have, I mean, I would have thrown it out the window and gotten to it 41, beat it. <laughs> exactly. And so, so, so ultimately out of that, out of that discussion with Jamie came the idea that if you want to run 43, let's just say, because that's mm -hmm. what we know now as the kind of the threshold of mm -hmm. what's possible, then your apex, as you shorten the rope, your apex is going to become closer and closer and closer to the buoy. So later and later and later. Exactly. Exactly. So you don't want to come through at 41 off on a 90 degree angle through the gate, edge change, kick your ski way out on this tracking wide early line because the handle is going to head way inside and towards the buoy. And yeah. so you're just going to get raked out. And then basically what happens, watch it, watch everybody at 43. And how many times do you see the guys go inside the buoy at 43? At buoy yeah. one, first buoy, because why? Because they sent their ski on a path that could yeah. not stay out there for for where the handle path was going. Yep, and that's so, exactly it. And it's and it's not even that it all developed too soon. You know that what used to stump me. You know, uh, quite a while ago. You know, I'd hear people say like, oh, you know, don't you can't get why too early at thirty nine, and they were on the right track, but they they were missing the point. You you can't you can't reach your ideal apex any sooner than your speed will allow. Right. So like I tell people, you can't apex earlier. You can just apex lower, you know? So that's, that's kind of one of my goals in, in some of my more advanced coaching is, is I want a, a, a longer, higher, later apex, meaning ride that line as far as your speed will allow. Um, rabbit hole, rabbit, you know, rabbit hole here. This, this is like, crazy important stuff and there's there's gonna be a whole episode on this but let's um so let, let's go here then you know it's gonna oh, be what it's gonna be like you're, you're close well exactly yeah but but <laughs> I'm, I'm this stuff is crazy important to me that's why i can ramble on about this but oh, yeah. okay so your line is what it is you're you're coming into your offside turn um and i'm gonna lean on you because you have you know one of the best offside turns in the history of the sport so Offside turn. Your line is what it is. Your edge change was as good as it's going to be. What, what's just give me some nuts and bolts. What so just two or three cues that that's going to maximize the turn based on whatever line you happen to be running. Hundred percent. But but hold on, because I realize that our rabbit hole 
did totally didn't let me hit my punchline for where I was getting. <laughs> Sorry, so, yeah, I'm gonna do it real quick, real quick. So coming into coming into center line, yeah. whatever you've gotten right there, right at that yeah. moment of center line, that's it, buds. Like you're you're done. Like if yeah. you needed more, you should have done more to center line. After that, we gotta commit. Yeah. And so one of the things that I'd like people to think about is I want to leave my ski where it is at center line. And I want to allow my body to start to move, not the ski. Does that make sense? Yep. I like, yep. Yes. Okay. Yes. So at center line, yes. I'm going to actually leave the ski right there. My body will start to basically switch directions because you went from, you know, you went from the furthest away from the boat and now you're arcing up towards the buoy. So right there, my body will shift. And then that's the motion that will start to bring your body forward. And we'll start to help you to, to set up that movement of just holding onto the line and, and standing up over your front foot. So I think that's like the most crucial thing is, you know, whatever you've got at center line, leave it, yes. stand up over your ski as you're coming up. Do not cast your ski out. That is, that is not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to generate it into the center line. And then after the center line, we're going to allow our body to move. We're going to hold on to that that pressure that we have and that power that we created. And we're going to arc up over our front foot by setting it up that way. And so yes. for me, so I just wanted to make sure I finished that off because it's a, yeah, because it, it's, it, it's crazy important. And then, and, and like, we're going to, we're going to cover so many technical, technical aspects that are, that are going to go back and lean on this. So yeah, well, I mean, we, you can't say it enough. You're right. So nuts and bolts now, like what, what's just a couple key that, that will make, everyone's offside turn a little more dependable given that their line is at least adequate. Okay. So, so making sure, yeah, exactly. So we have to make sure that we're riding our line out our, our ideal ride the line zone, like with two hands on and extending up over our ski. In theory, if we could ride that all the way to the hypothetical buoy line, that would be mm -hmm. ideal. Now, the reality is we're probably going to come off the handle a little earlier than that because we had a not perfect edge change and a not perfect ideal. But so as we're coming into there, I, I would say that the you're arcing up on the arc, your handle path. Right. So when it, when you do start to let go of your outside hand, I want you to make sure yeah. that the inside hand that's holding the handle still feels where tight is. So that's really yes. important to me is like that we don't we don't let go of our outside arm and reach to the inside with our handle. That's not the move. The move is to when we let go of the outside arm, we're allowing our body to start to move out away from that handle. And we want to just keep that handle tight. So I would say you want to feel yes. your inside wrist. You want to feel your inside wrist pressing forward with your, uh, in a low manner. Like you don't want your handle to be above your belly button. Belly button's the, yeah. is the, is the, is your body's balance point. So keep the handle below the belly button, keep that, that inside wrist pressing forward towards the buoy that you're going towards and allow your upper body to, to ski away from that handle. And as you yep. do that, you'll feel your ski also travel in that same way. You got to release that ski. Uh, next thing that's really important is keep your head level. I see, see so many people drop their head and when you drop your head, you're going to drop your inside shoulder and then your head's a heavy, I mean, your head's like a bowling ball. 
So you imagine wherever you put that. Are you talking about my head or just in general, everyone? That's that's true. That's true. So we've got so we've got that going where you gotta have that go, you gotta have that head level. You wanna have your vision level. I mean you don't drive your car with your with your head at a 30 degree angle. I mean that's not you want you want your your viewing angle to be level. Um, and, and make sure that you've got that, that handle and know where the power is. And if you have those two things, if you have the line in your hand, now, obviously you're going to have the handle in your hand, but do you feel the line? If you can feel that line, then that's what that driving that, that wrist and that handle forward and low will do. Uh, T gas is really, really a example. I I think I want to see that, you know, like he really gets that thing going. And when you get that, if you have the line, when you hit, you hit apex, I will guarantee you that you will make a tight turn that you will not fall. Like your, your percentage of falling in that, in that scenario is down to like very small under, under 3%, I would say, you know, something like that. Like if you have that, you're what people tend to, to miss on is that they, as soon as they let go of the outside hand, they let go of the line on the inside arm and just kind of reach to the inside. And when they do that, now you don't know where the rope is. So now the rope's loose. So now you're basically hovering towards apex, going really fast. I mean, I mean, if you're a 34 mile an hour skier, you're you're going faster than that into apex. So, but at apex, maybe you're going 34, and then you got to try to make a turn with no rope whatsoever. And what happens is you're guessing at making a turn, you're sucking up slack, and then you know all those forces of a turn come together in a basically a collision, and that we as water skiers get really good at guessing where that rope's going to come tight. Or I have certain moves that I do to know where the rope's going to come tight, but it all hurts our turn. So I think you got to stop your turn that way. And then the other thing would be to just remember, like, I want to feel my, as a righty, going through my offside turn, coming into apex. I'm, I'm, we've talked about that. So I'm at apex. I've got the line in my, in my handle. I can feel where the rope is tight. And then I'm going to step forward onto my front foot, I wanna feel my big toe grabbing, feeling pressure against the ski, and I wanna ski that into into the handle. I wanna make sure I'm staying on that front foot all the way through, and too much, so often, what happens is if you don't have the line tight uh, as you come into apex in, in your handle hand, if you don't have that tight, then you don't know where the rope is, then your first move at apex is going to be to shift back which releases the front of the ski, push your back foot, which slides the ski through and gets you angle. And then you're going to pull in the rope, basically taking in a slack turn. And then you're going to catch the rope. And then you're going to come onto that. You're going to come on to when the, when the rope does come tight, then you're going to have a huge load on the rope and you're not going to be able to hold your position and you're too far back on your ski. So that's kind of my thought. Yep. Yep. I'd be like that. I, I really like, yeah, that's great. And I, I, I love what you said about about that um, line tension, you know, because to me that you keeping tension on the rope, on the handle through the, the various stages of the reach, that's like the, that's kind of like the finishing touches of, of riding the line, which you did so well way back from the center line, right? Too often people will ride the line really nice and then dump the handle quickly to the inside. And then, like you said, the line goes loose. One, two, there's still pressure on it at the beginning of the reach. So you dump it to the inside, that pressure is going to go all in your upper body. So now we're talking about that, you know, that counterbalance where you're going to sit your hips back. So it's the whole thing. Ride the tight line all the way out. As that, as you start that reach, keep that line tension. 
like you said, low. So, so that little bit of pressure is still being directed at your inside hip instead of your inside shoulder. Um, and then the last little, little like kind of chunky thing I like to keep in mind is, is I've, as I'm coming through the apex, I, I have a, an idea of, of freezing my hips and, and I'm not suggesting that my hips are going to stay open at the finish of the turn, but it's really important that your upper body and more importantly, your hips don't rotate faster than your ski is rotating. Um, if they do, essentially that inside hip is going back. So now your center of mass is going in the wrong direction. So it's, it's at that apex you're up over your front foot. I'm going to make sure I'm either thinking about leading with my inside hip or, or, you know, my kind of those, that little cue I have is freeze my hips. Don't rotate them. Let them rotate with my feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do something very similar. I like, I like actually the way you say it, but I do something very similar in that I think of my, well, I think of where, wherever my inside handle goes, then if I were, then I want my outside hand to be, you know, uh, exactly opposite of where my handle is. Does that make sense? I'm always making, I'm always making a T with my body. So I had a question from my friend Bill the other day and, and he was asking about, he saw that Freddie Winter had had thrown up something on uh, counter rotation, counter rotation. He's like, what counter rotation is out. I didn't know that. And I was like, well, it's not, (laughs) it's not that it's out. We're just not thinking about flying our outside hand backwards to try to get rotation because any kind of crazy motion one way is going to want a motion back the sa- in the opposite direction. And we don't want to yeah. be rotating through the finish of the turn. So, yep. you know, I want to have yeah. that, I want to have that, that hand back and my, my inside handle low and forward, you know, making sure I know exactly where that line is tight as the line gets shorter, that that's going to be, end up being more side beside me than it is going to be in front of me. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I got that and I've got my body in line. And then my hand, my outside hand and my, and my outside hip tend to be in the exact same plane. And so when I'm, I'm feeling, like that. yep, I'm feeling the tension on my inside arm, my, my one's holding the handle. As I start to come through the finish of the turn, my outside hand and my outside hip are going to slide to the handle in exactly the same tempo. And I think that that's the way that I will ski into a stacked uh, into a stacked position versus the majority of people come in when they hit apex. The first motion is outside hand starts to go to the handle. Yeah. And when the moment you do that, then now you're, you've got your body out of line. So you're, you're going to end up basically shifting back, going to a more safe position because you're now out of, out of a balanced position. So now you got to do safety moves, which are all counter, counter counterproductive and moving in the wrong direction. Yep, exactly. That's it. So you can see like in both sides, onside, offside, you know, 90% of this is going to come from the way you've set it up into the first wake. And then, you know, riding the line, not just through the edge change, but all the way through the reach itself. Don't lose that line tension. The same thing is going to apply to your, to your um, onside turn, um, as you know, as we just discussed on your offside turn. Exiting your onside turn is going to be the same thing, exactly like like you're saying, Rossi. It's you know, letting your your outside hip and your and your upper body, your hand come back at the same pace or the, or the same tempo is incredibly important. Mm-hmm.